0: Five, four, three, two, one. Hello! Oh shit! Oh yeah! Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Bazinga! Hello and welcome back to the Now Showing Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Sam Houston. I'm joined with one of the top seven people to ever appear on the Now Showing Podcast, John Luke McDonald. Well, that is the most excellent compliment ever, dudes. <laughs> yeah, I could have said top six and then maybe everyone could think who Who could it be? Perhaps it was Johnny, he doesn't get my top seven or something. But I, um, but no, um, I'm here with, with uh, John Luke McDonald, as always, and we're going to be talking about uh, Bill and Ted's Bill and Ted Face the Music the uh, third and most likely final instalment of the uh, Bill and Ted franchise which began uh, a long time ago in, in I think uh, 1989 with the first film you know, the, starring kind of the, the first uh, big career move for uh, for Keanu Reeves who's obviously got leaps and bounds since and, uh, and also starring Alex Winter alongside him uh, and we'll be talking about that, we'll also be talking about uh, The Devil All The Time, um, the newest Netflix uh, film, next big Netflix original release, uh, starring Tom Holland, uh, Bill Skarsgård, and uh, Rob Patterson amongst others. i will also be looking at a few different crime-based, uh, crime-related UK-based uh, TV shows um, that we've both been watching. Um, but yeah, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Do you do? Not too bad. It's. Uh... My first podcast in uh, recording in London. Uh, I've moved back to university, which means the audio might be a bit different. But I um, mean, I saw my first film in my uh, in my hometown since uh, Queen and Slim in the end of February. Oh, that's a long time ago. A lot of uh, is, a saying. lot of months since then. Yeah, and a lot of films I've seen. A lot of podcasts I've recorded. But without further ado, let's get into the quiz. You've got a quiz for me. I hear.
1: Uh, I do. I do. So again, I've. Uh, I've had had this planned for a couple of weeks but last week we uh you know we've set aside the quiz for for a you know a nice oh, uh, yeah, a nice course. touching tribute um so Oh yes actually one second yeah. just
0: just it last you know um last week we talked about you know the the obviously very sad passing of Chadwick Boseman and and the podcast was in a way in memory and and dedicated to Chadwick Boseman and um I'd like to dedicate this episode, if it's okay with you, to the person who, who was in the cinema with me today, who decided to buy a cinema ticket and then sat on his own in the cinema for the whole film playing Minecraft Pocket Edition. Wait, what? When I went to go watch Bill and Ted today. Yeah. There was somebody who bought a ticket on their own, completely nowhere near anyone, sat in the cinema... Just play the Minecraft Pocket Edition for the whole, the whole time. Didn't watch the film at all.
1: Okay, so that's either someone who's not bought a ticket and they just walked into a random screening and just not paid for it. Or they have Limitless, or whatever the equivalent is at your cinema.
0: But why would you go to the cinema to play Minecraft Pocket Edition?
1: I mean, it's like the people who went to the cinema and I was watching Invisible Man was
0: talked for like half the film. It's like... <laughs> at least you can talk about the like, make jokes he made. So you should just play Minecraft Pocket Edition. But anyway, the podcast is dedicated to that guy. He's okay. like definitely in his mid-twenties as well. He wasn't like a kid. But the podcast is dedicated to him.
1: Awesome. That's an equally fitting tribute uh, compared to the last podcast. <laughs> but yes. this week, anyway, we return with the quiz um, in its place. And this week, we've got, so I've got some quotes here from films. But, however, yeah. they aren't actually the quote from the film. They're misquotes that are very commonly misquoted.
0: Ooh, I see. And can I tell you and what you the real one is? you have to
1: tell me what the real quote is. So I'll give you the name of the I film, see. and then I'll give you the misquote, and then you have to give me the actual quote. Okay. Interesting. Okay. First up, so I think there's 12 in total, because I originally planned this to be like a two-person thing, so you'd have like six, well, five each, and then like a bonus one if it was oh, a tie. Yeah. But it, it's okay. We can, uh, we can just go through them pretty quickly. Um, okay. So first up is one of your favourite films. Yeah, that's what we discussed mm-hmm. many times. It's uh, it's Forrest Gump. Oh, I see. Yeah. And the misquote is, "Mama always said life is like a box of chocolates." Now, what's the actual quote? Mama always said
0: life was like a box of chocolates. Well done. He got you got the yes. first one right. I think for
1: the first time ever let's, on my quiz. Let's go, man. All okay, right. one 0 One 0 Who's? Okay. Next up, we've got another classic film, Jaws. Yeah, which, as you pointed out before on the podcast, is is pretty embarrassing, given that I do a film podcast.
0: I've never seen this film. Yeah, I actually have very controversial opinions about the Jaws franchise. Well, I don't think they've held up very well at all.
1: Well, well, given that it's you know one of the most iconic films and one of the most yeah. some of the most iconic lines in films. One of the mm-hmm. one of the very common misquotes is, "We're gonna need a bigger boat." Uh, what's no, the I actual quote?
0: I think in quite a similar, uh, to the last one, it's like a kind of changing of tense or whatever, or a subject, I think it's, you're going to need a bigger boat. Correct. Two out of two. Two
1: out of two. On That's a good roll. All right. Next.
0: Which is kind of pointless, seeing as he's on the boat as well. So like, it kind of is him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess that like, guy was just like, I'm getting out of here. You need a boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Two for okay. two. Let's go. Next up is... Uh, the original Planet of the Apes film. And the, cro- a- the misquote cro- is, get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape.
0: Ooh, see, I actually would have thought it was that, but I am basing my um, my, my thoughts on the real quote off um, the Planet of the Apes, the musical from um, The Simpsons. and Is it, get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. Nope,
1: it is. Ooh. Take your stinking paws off me!
0: It might be. It might be pausing thing as well. Maybe I'm just getting myself. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Okay. Two for three. Two out of three. Next one is from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, the misquote is "Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all."
0: Oh yeah, this is. I do. I, I know that this is a misquote, and every time I have heard it, I'm like oh my god that that's mental that everyone thinks it's that when it's actually something so different so it's mirror mirror so the one that the misquote is mirror mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all is mm-hmm. that what you said who's the first of them all yeah. is it mirror mirror on the wall I am the fairest of them all nope oh.
1: it is magic mirror on the wall Yes, that's it. That
0: is it. Yeah, everybody gets that wrong. Yeah, that's mental. It's like one of those
1: Mandela effect things, but then yeah, yeah. There, there was a film. Then- there was a film like in the past twelve months. I can't remember what it was called. It might have been called the Mandela effect. I can't remember, but it was like basically some guy. Like I think I've talked about it before actually, and I can never remember what it's called because it didn't look very good. But it's like some weird psychological thriller slash horror slash I don't know what it's supposed to be. But some guy like starts like questioning things that are happening or like that didn't happen. This oh, yeah, is yeah, didn't yeah, he's, happen. He's what said, are you talking yeah. about? And it's actually like it's supposed to be like sort of exploring that phenomena.
0: But then, yeah, with well, that one is meant because there was a series called Mirror Mirror based on that, yeah, that that um, fairy tale. Okay, next up. So you've got what's that? Two out of four so far. Yeah.
1: Okay, next up we have Apollo thirteen with the miss co- with the misquote, Houston, we have a problem.
0: That's my last name. <laughs> um, uh, I fucking hear that sentence. I've actually got a, a, a cup that says Houston to a problem" on it because my name's Houston Um, just a funny thing actually. <laughs> this this uh, this misquote was actually printed. I went to
1: watch. Uh, I went to a different cinema than I usually go to to watch a film this week, this past week, and um, like the same sort of brand of like same branch of cinema, just a different different like place. And uh, mm-hmm. in that cinema, they have like. Quotes on the walls in, like, the sort of entryway and where the escalators are. And this was actually on the
0: wall. Like, the misquote was on the wall. Yeah, see, I'm really, I'm really surprised it's a misquote. I didn't know it's a misquote. Um, I really don't know. Houston, um, there is a problem. Oh, you're close. It's Houston, we've had
1: a problem. I see. Okay. So, some of these are quite tough.
0: Especially okay, if you haven't seen five. the films, but... Okay, I'm on a three loss streak.
1: Okay, next up we've got aliens. Mm-hmm. Miss Crow is stay away from her, you
0: bitch. <laughs> it's quite generic because I had a well known quote. Um Fucking I don't know. Stay away from me, you twat other
1: <laughs> <way>. <laughs> <laughs> I give you a clue, it's not the expletive which is the wrong part. Um think 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 about it like along the lines of what you've been doing before. So like there's one So di-
0: stay away from her, you bitch. Yeah. Get away from here, you bitch. Yes. Let's go, man. Okay. Three for six. Yeah, what was that 50%? Right.
1: fifty percent? Right. Fiddy 50 Next up, we've got the Empire Strikes Back. I am your father. Yeah, okay. Well, um, kind of. So the misquote is Luke, I am your father.
0: And the real one just says
1: So there is a there is a word that is changed in that in that quote in the film.
0: Because I know, I know he doesn't say Luke. Yeah. He um, so has yeah,
1: something else. Obi-Wan told no, me. killed him. No.
0: No, I am your father. Yeah. Okay. Let's go, So That's man. four, that's that's like four out of seven.
1: Okay. Yeah. Next up, we have Dirty Dancing. The misquote mm. of Nobody Puts Baby in the Corner.
0: <laughs> I always hear that quote all the time. And I have no idea what it means. I have seen the film. I can't
1: remember it. Um... It's like they go to a bar or something and then they try to put them in the corner table or something. I can't remember exactly.
0: Nobody like puts baby in the corner. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's I'm just gonna to have to guess that you can you can't put baby in the corner? Nope.
1: It's nobody puts baby in a corner.
0: I see. That's a bit semantics, Alright. Yeah,
1: pretty, four, pretty out eight. Eight. four
0: out of eight, yeah, four out of eight. Yeah, so f fifty percent you're keeping
1: that fifty percent up. Right. Okay. Next up, we have Silence of the Lambs, another classic that yes. I've not seen yet.
0: Yes, uh, one of my favorite films. With
1: a misquote of "Hello,
0: Clarice." Clarice. Clarice. Um, oh, um, I thought it was going to be like the canty one. I was like, I don't I was trying to think like what it could be, but "Hello, Clarice." I can hear him say it, but he didn't say it. Nope. Um, I don't know. Um does he just say hello? I mean it's it's not that generic. Like
1: it's another um, way of it's another way of greeting someone. He doesn't say hello, he says something else. Uh Morning. <laughs> no, he says good evening. I see. Okay. Right, so what are you are now? Is that like Dots's flat cat four of nine. Morn-
0: morning. Four out of nine. <laughs> good
1: morning. Going
0: down to <laughs> mine
1: today with Jordan. Right. Um, next up, we have the Wizard of Oz. Was that just an accent that just sounded normal? Oh well, I mean, okay. Alright, Anyway, next up, we've got Wizard of Oz, and the say? false quote is, "I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, Toto." <sighs> um. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, Toto. We're not.
0: We're not in Kansas anymore. We aren't in Kansas
1: anymore. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you that point. Okay, this, so the actual quote is, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. So I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you half a point. you give me that. I'll give you half a point. Give you give me
0: half a point. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a little bit much. So that's four and a half out of ten.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay, next up is another one, another film that we've had in a previous quiz. It's A Few Good Men. And the misquote is, You want the
0: truth, you can't handle the truth. Hmm. It's the only quote I do know for the film, so I was hoping it was that. Um, you can't handle the truth. Um, I gave you
1: a clue. The you can't handle the truth part is is not... is, is like, correct. So it's, like, okay. to do with the first part.
0: So the first part is, you want the truth. Yeah, that's the mystery. Yeah. Um Hmm uh I can't tell you the truth you can't have the truth
1: nope the original so the originals actually multiple characters like two characters speaking so yeah. the original is Nichol, Jack Nicholson says you want answers and then Cruz Tom Cruise says I want the truth and then Nicholson oh, says you can't handle the truth
0: okay so that's four and a half out of eleven. yep last so final one question you say okay
1: last one it's from Frankenstein.
0: And the misquote is, "He's alive." <laughs> the real quote is, "Gordon's alive." Um, <laughs> it's alive. Yes. Let's go. So it's like and five and a half out of, out of 12. twelve. You know what? Feel, I'm feeling
1: generous. I'll round it up to a six, given the total. Let's go,
0: 5050 50 Woo. 50 yeah, 50 That's pretty, pretty good, actually,
1: given some of those were quite tricky.
0: Especially seeing as I got what, two, what one and a half out of twelve, wherever it was on the on the uh, IMDb quiz. Yeah, and also yeah, some right. of those
1: films you haven't seen as well.
0: So yes, of course. Okay,
1: sorry. thirteen. Probably, so you're improving slowly on the uh, on the old <laughs> quiz. <laughs>
0: I've watched more films than I had the, the last time I uh, did the quiz.
1: <laughs> Next time you watch a film, like you have to get the Netflix extension where you get the uh, the screenplay <laughs> alongside it. And the then screenplay,
0: can... yeah. <laughs> Jordan? Yes. Let's stop talking about this shit and tell me what you've been watching, Jordan. What well, I've been watching, okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, I've been watching some pretty cool stuff, actually. Um, A lot more than I have. Do you want me to, do you want me to save the. The Devil of the Time? Do you want me, well, obviously, yeah, I can save that for later, but do you want me to save the TV stuff? For, like, the, for you and you? Um, run, or? No, no, no. I,
0: th- I think. Um, okay. I, th- I think I didn't do it now.
1: Okay, i have run through what I've been watching then. So, I've been watching. Um, I've watched seventy five hundred or seven thousand five hundred, however you want to say it, um, which was on Amazon Prime, uh, featuring Joseph Gordon Levitt, who, as I said before on the podcast, is an actor who I think doesn't necessarily get his uh, his due credit and doesn't necessarily get some, maybe some big roles in in films where maybe other people get get roles um, just on name alone, where he maybe deserves some bigger roles. Uh, this was a Interesting film. It's uh, it's about a hijacking of a plane, and he's uh, he's like the pilot, and uh, it's all set on the plane. It's one of those kind of one location things. Hmm. Um, it had a lot of promise and a lot of potential. I think there was, I think for sure, Joseph Gordon Levitt was the strongest aspect by by some distance. Um, I think it was otherwise it could have been a lot better. Like goes generic in some parts, and some of the characters were a bit very like very weak or underdeveloped or whatever. Um, but I would still recommend giving it a watch because I've I've heard potential awards talk for his performance. I don't think it's that good, but I think um I think it's it's definitely yeah, like a strong performance from him, and he kind of carries it on his shoulders uh, to some extent. So if you want to kind of it's not necessarily an easy watch given the subject matter, but I think it's something that if you want a kind of action thriller kind of film, um it's it's definitely worth giving a go. It's twenty it's twenty nineteen on Letterboxd but I think it. Was released like twenty twenty, um, like because it was on it went straight to Amazon I think like fairly recently. Yeah. Uh, what else? I watched the I watched Zodiac. David Fincher, one of David Fincher's films that I haven't seen before. Um, oh, did you watch it on telly? I watched it on
0: Netflix. Oh, just say because it was on um, it was on Film Four the other
1: day or something. Oh, uh, no, yeah, I watched it on uh, I watched on Netflix. It was one of those films where I wanted a lot more from it, and I've heard a lot of good things, so I was kind of expecting. I uh, kind of had high expectations going in. It was still... an I still enjoyed it. It was a good film. Um, but it wasn't... For me, it wasn't one of those... A lot of people have it as Finch's best film. I don't necessarily agree. I think the films I've seen before it... Um, Gone Girl, Social Network, uh, Fight Club and Seven. I think they're all better than it, uh, personally. But it was still a very good film. Uh, David Fincher's one of those directors who... Every film I've seen from him has been a solid four out of five. Or, or more. Um, some of his... Mm-hmm. You know, two, I think Fight Club, Social Network and... Um Gone Girl are amongst my, you know, top 20, 30, 40 films. It's funny how so. you
0: you left out the best of them.
1: There. Yeah, I mean that's that's debatable, isn't it? I mean let's, let's not get into that one when you're on the podcast. <laughs> um <laughs> But I I've also mentioned
0: I like the film Seven.
1: <laughs> no, it's a good film, it's a good film. Um I just think that, I think seven kind of where Seven didn't necessarily work as well for me was the end. I kind of didn't feel the emotional impact and I kind of predicted it so it didn't really hit me as hard. Uh, so I think maybe that's, maybe if I'd have gone, maybe if I'd have kind of not foreseen or not, I don't know. they just didn't, the ending didn't work as well for me. Yeah, we, we had this
0: conversation with Bo last week and then he kept calling him Peter, which is probably fair enough because he probably is a Peter. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so you watched Zodiac. Uh,
1: yeah, I watched Zodiac. Um, then I watched the Bill and Ted, the first one, the second one, because as far as I'm aware, I've never seen them before I have any recollection of watching them. So I obviously had to watch those in prep for... Um, Bill and Ted Bill to face, to face the, the music, music. Yeah, which, we, which we're going to talk about later. And yeah, they were pretty funny. Um second one for me was kind of not as good. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't really work as well for me. Uh, the ending of the second one was probably better than parts of the first one but i think overall the second one wasn't as good kind of felt a bit flat in certain areas for me um personally but i did enjoy Mm. both of them they were sort of good just sort of easy watches and um maybe don't have a nostalgia some people have of watching them because i I never really watched them when i was younger so i don't really have that kind of nostalgic factor around them so kind of a bit easier for me to be a bit more critical of them but yeah i watched those um and then also I watch I watched Caliber, which is on Netflix, sort um, of a slow burn thriller. And it's always nice to see it's uh, set in Scotland. So it's always nice to see British uh, films, especially getting big platforms on things like Netflix. Um, 2018 film was it was good. I re- I quite liked it. Um, and like I said, it's always nice to see um, British films getting a bit of a platform compared to sort of big Hollywood blockbusters and stuff. Um, and then a new film I watched in cinemas this week was uh, Savage um, I had to this is the film I had to go to a different cinema for because they weren't showing it in my local one Um have heard about this yeah so I hadn't heard about it and I just popped up on like it was available at the, this other sort of cinema so I went to watch it uh, it's a directorial debut from Sam Kelly um, it's inspired by true stories of New Zealand street gangs across 30 years and we follow one uh, guy called Danny and it kind of has flash points between sort of three defining sort of moments or like sort of periods of his life um, as he kind of grows into this like enforcer of a, of a, New, of a New Zealand gang um, again it was one of those films where it had a lot of potential and I think a lot of really interesting things happen in the film and a lot of interesting cinematography and um, just sort of visual representations of things and just a really interesting character study uh, I, think it, I think it could have been a lot better though and um but if you if you're able to get around to watching it as a as a new film um, compared to some of the other new films that have been coming out, it's probably up there with with some, amongst uh, the better um,
0: the better ones. So it was yeah, like the kind of like the Tenet and American Pickle. Okay, kind of well
1: times. not Tenet, but compared to like American Pickle and Unhinged, not and those films. Like it it wasn't not Baby Teeth. It wasn't significantly better than those films, but it was it was for me at least yeah. it, was it was better like, than the old guard. One. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, so yeah. And, then and I also leading with uh, uh, Criminal. Yeah, I also watched Criminal, um, season two, the UK oh, one. UK. Um, okay. I've not seen any of the, the Spanish, German or French series yet, but I will get around to watching those because I watched the first season when it first came out. I absolutely loved it. Um, and then second season, I just watched it. Um, it is a really good thing, Criminal, I think, where it, it uses these big name actors in really sort of unfamiliar roles and sort of makes you... Like, just, it kind of just challenges you a bit, like... Like, kind of, I'd a, say a central premise of the cur- of the new season is kind of the idea of, um, like, truth and lies and, um... Sort of, it's, like, a really interesting show because, obviously, it's just set in the interrogation room and, like, the surrounding rooms. And it's just... Like, for, for a TV show which is just set in an interrogation room, it could be really boring, but, like, they do some really, really interesting, like, cinematic things, um... Especially in the current season, there's, like, a few moments which really sort of stuck with me. Um, so, yeah, it was it was really good. And as I said, they, they have these, like, big-name actors who, like, Hayley Atwell in the first season, they didn't even realise it was her until, like, you know, after I'd, after I'd watched it and sort of read up about it. Uh, David Tennant as well. Obviously, you've, you've been watching Des uh, this week. Uh, David Tennant, though, probably more typically known for sort of friendlier, you know, nice characters. whereas compared Someone hasn't
0: seen Jessica Jones.
1: Okay, well, yeah. I've not seen I've not seen it, but I know that he plays a, a villain in that, like a whatever. But um, I'd say like typically he seems yeah, no, like no, you know like a nice, been a, been a friendly character. Um, but yeah, it is a really good thing of, of in criminal of like, for example, in the current in the season two, the new season, so the last season was three episodes, this seasons four episodes, of like forty five minutes each. Um, and they have um like uh, Kit Harrington and I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays Raj in The Big Bang Theory. Like and they just play these characters and like, I think they kind of, I think they somewhat have picked actors based on like previous roles and previous of it like viewer experiences, because yeah. especially the Kit Harington story. I won't spoil anything about what happens in the story, but um, the nature of the story it kind of very much plays into his kind of like his history of as like a, as like a person and like the roles he's played and also um. I can't, as I said, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who plays Raj in *The Big Bang Theory*, um, he, yeah, they kind of is like a complete opposite to what he plays in that show. Uh, his character in, in Criminal* it's a really good show. If you've not seen it already, I recommend it. Um, and I'm gonna go around to watching the the, the uh, non-English ones as well. But um, yeah, really, really good show. And as I said, for something which is so such a simple premise, it's like a really interesting, gripping show and has some really nice sort of cinematic. Uh, Like choices throughout, so yeah, definitely recommend giving that a go if you've not already already watched it.
0: I think that gives me a good segue into my section, Um, uh, and I'll I'll go with uh, I haven't seen uh, Criminal Series Two yet. I, I did see Criminal Series 1. I thought it was excellent. I watched them all three at once. And um, being such a massive uh, fan of David Tennant, I thought he was absolutely excellent uh, playing the role of a man accused of killing his stepdaughter. And the way that he said it flips between lies and you but think it's him, you don't think it's him, you think it's him, you don't think it's him. And they managed to com- like conveniently constantly switch your uh, your opinions on the, on the matter all three of the crimes actually in the first series you are constantly being you're doubting them and then you're doubting the police and you're doubting this and you can't really make a judgement until the, finally every single piece of evidence is uncovered and you know, like you might finally understand the situation I thought I did it very well I thought the actors who played the uh, the interrogators uh, were very nuanced uh, for how much screen time you actually saw them um, interacting with each other um, but yeah I, I've been extremely busy because I moved into university on Tuesday or moved down to London Tuesday university since it so i've been um kind of socializing search and uh, moving in and, and sort of that stuff so i've not really been able to watch much this week um so you know i'm a bit bit small on, on the thing but one thing i have watched um is I, i've watched i hadn't even watched all of it to be honest i'm a, basically a failure uh, but i, I have such <laughs> the first You're two of three of um of, of des which is um the new uh, david is a itv uh, drama uh, limited series three episodes long came up monday tuesday wednesday nine o'clock uh, last week and um well, this week and each one of them was uh it's, it's all about this uh, it's all about dennis nielsen the serial killer uh, i'm sure a lot of people already know about his crimes but uh, he was a um, in the in the 80s um an ex-police officer um found uh bones of 15 to 16 men in in, in his uh drainage pipes he was he was a gay bloke he killed uh, people he was attracted to a lot of homeless people and such and the, um, the three parts here kind of goes into breaking down the person he was a very um, kind of strange and uh, nuanced guy and um and there's a lot to, to unravel about like his personality. You almost feel sorry for him a lot and you understand his actions as part of the fact that he's literally mass murdered 15 to 16 people. But um I just want to say, you know, I don't want to say go into the, the all the gory details but I'd recommend it very much to anyone um, who can watch it via the ITV hub in, in the UK because uh, David Tennant to, uh, produces an absolutely excellent performance uh, and looks so much, acts looks so much, sounds so much like uh, any tapes you see of, uh, of the real killer. And um, I think further shows why he's uh, one of my uh, favorite actors of all time. And obviously a lot of that is nostalgia for being a kid growing up watching Doctor too. Other than that, I've not really watched much. Um, I watched. Um, I've been bingeing a lot of Simpsons. Man. I've been watching a lot of Simpsons and uh, watching all the classic episodes uh, from that series. Two to, to ten, but yeah, really, uh, I can't really say that much. Uh, you know, this, is, this isn't this is TV. This is on TV, but this isn't really like what we do. Um, but uh, you know, I t- I'll talk about the same mention anyway. In my life, Jordan, I have watched <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Maybe once, ever. <laughs> and then I flicked onto it the other day. Yeah. He fucking won the thing, didn't he? Yeah, I heard about that. It's so the There's first the time in 14 it. years he won it. And it was like the only time I've watched it since I was like nine years old. Isn't that mental? Yeah, you've probably heard about it though and just subconsciously knew that it was gonna happen and then just put it on. And I like, heard oh, about I it. talk about the it's, podcast it, just
1: pretend I didn't know what it was, what was going on.
0: It's not subconscious because it happened <laughs> no one knew until it
1: happened. I thought they I thought they like said it in advance that someone had won for the first time in like however many well, years. Well I,
0: no, I don't think so. Oh. I think it happened then and I was like completely like I was like. Uh, right, hell. Okay. Yeah, mad. But yeah, I guess that's what I'm telling. Yeah, I, but, I, yeah I, not really I, much to I,
1: anyway. uh, I was about to mention I've just today Bought a bunch of uh, a bunch of Blu-rays off uh, off a friend, so I've got some 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 classics in there, stuff that you'll like, stuff that uh, stuff that I've already seen that I really like, uh, and then stuff that I've not seen yet. All
0: the highlights of the uh, of the collection.
1: Uh, so I got how many did I get in total? I think there's seventeen, but three of those is the Spider-Man Sam Raimi trilogy, cool. which I know you're a fan of. Uh, oh, I need to rewatch to to really. I think you were very critical of my of my superhero films ranked list on Letterbox last week, so I thought I'd best give them another go. Uh, yeah. I also picked up films. So the films I've already seen I picked up include Interstellar, There Will Be Blood, um, Blade Runner the original, and also the first two of the new Planet of the Apes films, and then I also got the third Planet of the Apes film because I've not seen it so i'm going to rewatch the whole thing uh, from the first episodes, the first two parts and then the last one uh, nice. and then films that i've not seen that i picked up um, were ranging from the likes of fargo um, so cuz i want to watch that before i watch the series even though they're not really not necessarily related snatch mm-hmm. um, which i need to watch lockstock first but um yeah i've got snatch matrix the new godzilla old boy uh, the departed <laughs> captain phillips yeah so a bunch of films um i
0: thought i was connected then like the new godzilla old boy i was like what's that mean old boy <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah and also hannah the uh, one with Sosha ronan um because i want to watch the tv show which is on amazon yeah. prime i think but yeah so yeah so i've got some awesome got, got some nice uh, new films to get through um and also there's a bunch of stuff on netflix and amazon prime that i want to get around to watching
0: I've not bought a physical copy of a film. Or, actually, that's a lie. I uh, I got given uh, doc, uh, it was a uh, what's it called? Uh, Eighty nine was a football documentary about Arsenal winning the league. And see, the thing it was is, the like, last time I got a physical copy.
1: The thing is, I can see why like things are going digital because it's obviously easier and stuff. But I just I don't know. There's just something about owning like, especially when I've got like I've now started going from DVDs to Blu-rays because I never really had Blu-rays before. Had I've got a couple, but most of the films I've got like physically are DVDs. Um, but just, just, I don't know, just some of those films just, I feel like, deserve, like, me to have a physical copy of, like, Interstellar and There Will Be Blood. Just two films yeah. I absolutely love and just thought, especially considering they're not on, like, Netflix or Amazon or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just worth having a physical copy around so I can always watch it if I want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, if I crack up or anything or I go silent for a second, it's because I'm being spammed with calls because... My Man City friend is trying to get me to go watch Man United because they're 1-0 down. <laughs> so, we're moving on for some personal news. To the um, more uh, public news, the uh, the film news and TV news of the world. It's actually very film-stacked uh, this, this week. I know it's not actually about 50-50 because uh, Marvel was some TV series. And let's go firstly with delays as we always have to due to the coronavirus and uh, there's been delays, official delays, to Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, again, I think this is, what, the third or fourth time it's been delayed because of coronavirus. Um, I did see something coming out that if if um, Wonder Woman came out when it was originally supposed to, it would have been available on Blu-ray by now. But it's been announced that it's coming out on the 25th of December, which is, I believe, Christmas Day. And um, obviously it's a very American thing to go watch films on Christmas, and uh, not so popular in the UK. But I imagine that we're having a very similar release date, maybe you know, early... December twentieth or whatever in the UK. And um the Jordan Peel produced horror film Candyman is also um being uh, pushed back to next year. Uh I might be wrong but I cannot find an actual date, but I just know that it is not gonna be coming out in twenty twenty. Um following up from that there is has been rumors um, that possibly sold the upcoming Pixar film could release on Disney Plus however other news sources saying the exact opposite it will be released in cinemas as usual we'll have to see Sony have officially said they will not be releasing Venom 2 or Spider-Man 3 until the pandemic is over because they don't want to be losing out on possible income Uh, a lot of people are are looking at Tenet and perhaps not doing as well as you'd expect the Nolan film to do um, as a reason to to put films off uh, till a better time Um, and Finally, uh, this is a bit of an inside the uh, 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 inside scoop uh, that apparently a rumor from uh, an uh, unknown, uh, an unnamed source close to the podcast that um, due to Wonder Woman 1984 being delayed, uh, Black Widow could also be releasing, uh, getting delayed because Disney don't want to release theirs first. Um, and there's also been the idea that because of the amount of films that are coming out next year that June might be pushed back a whole year um but again that's early days that is not official however that is just uh, the way that's going but as always a lot of uh, a lot of delays and um, and we have to expect this is going to be the way it is until we sort out the coronavirus
1: yeah it's a bit of a shame really um obviously kind of business interests and uh, and safe public safety and stuff kind of dictates uh, at the moment that stuff has to be delayed, which is obviously that's because it is a bit of a shame, but um currently we're still on course for films like Death on the Nile, uh James Bond, the New James Bond film, uh No Time to Die. However, I wouldn't be
0: surprised if they do delay James Bond. I very much yeah. think don't, but I won't be surprised.
1: Well, yeah. I mean my friend um was saying that he reckons if uh if a film is still listed as being released in cinemas in the UK uh, within like a week so like say like seven days before it's still saying that it's going to be out on next say on monday next monday whatever um mm-hmm. then it's very unlikely that they'll uh they'll reschedule at that point so it kind of just gets a guessing game and getting getting but like waiting till it gets a bit closer and just seeing how how things develop but uh, hopefully i'd like to think that there'll be at least one big film coming out before christmas um because obviously death of the nile yeah it's, it's you know it's somewhat of a of a big film but compared to something like wonder woman or bond or june or whatever then uh, it could be a big 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 blow um obviously there's this talk as well that there could be some more classic films coming back um there's a whole list of new and old films that have been the british film i forgot what it stands for bbfc whatever that stands for the british board of film classification is it Uh, yeah Okay, I've just winged that and it's completely right. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, they've basically given cinemas like a list of films that they're allowed to show, um, and there's a bunch of like i was looking through the list and there's a bunch of like really co- like really cool old films that I've not seen. <laughs> the yet. list is
0: just the eight Fast and Furious films.
1: Yeah, I think I, th- I think some of them are on there. Some of them are on there. Let's um, go. There's a bunch of other stuff called that. obviously all the Star Wars films are on there, and some of those have been shown in cinemas already, uh, and they're coming to the
0: US as well, I believe. Yeah, the US is showing Empire Strikes Back soon, which we already had. Yeah,
1: and so. I missed. Um, and yeah, there's a bunch of other films, like I think all the Nolan films are in there and I think some of Edgar Wright's films are in there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's nice. a bunch of films, um, so I will combine yeah. for a uh, few in the UK, uh, that, that could potentially be coming to your cinema. Uh, in other news... Um,
0: we have some Marvel, if you want to give us some, there's yeah, a, a again, whole it's bunch of Marvel seems- stuff.
1: Yeah, it seems to be at the moment that a lot of the news revolving around films and television is either delays, cancellations or Marvel slash DC news. Um, maybe, I guess it's just quite big news that people want to hear and it's probably they're using this downtime to push news out, I'm not really too sure. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, But some bits of uh, new u- new news for the MCU. Um, which is She-Hulk has now got a director and a lead. Uh, Tatiana Maslany, who is most well-known for her role, in, award-winning role in Orphan Black, uh, is taking the role of She-Hulk and directing is Kat Koiro. Koiro, I think that's how you say it. Um, I, I don't really need so much about her, um, but obviously I think the way Marvel are going at the moment, especially for this, some of the TV shows and a couple of the films as well, um, going for... Some maybe more indie or sort of unknown, um, sort of lesser known directors um, to to take the projects, um, which I think for certain projects like this or uh, Miss Marvel, which we've also got news for uh, coming up uh, just in a second, or Moon Knight, or even you know Captain Marvel two and films like that. I think um, going with sort of some of these more independent voices can can do good for them. So that's what they've done uh, with She Hulk. Also news uh, that Ant-Man 3 has cast uh, Jonathan Majors, um, obviously recently known from his roles in *The Five Bloods, Lovecraft Country, uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco, and a bunch of other stuff, um, has been cast in Ant-Man 3. Rumours, I'm pretty sure it's not been confirmed yet, but rumours um, suggesting that he could have been cast in the role of Kang the Conqueror, who I didn't know too much about until this past week, uh, but having looked him up uh, just briefly um, over the past few days, uh, he seems like a really interesting character, um, and from what I've also been reading, people who know a lot more about comics than I do is that a suggestion that perhaps this could be a confirmation if in some way that um, Ant-Man 3 is going to be introducing Young Avengers, uh, which has been rumoured for quite a while. Obviously, Ant-Man 2, critically, was kind of a bit mixed, um, but I think with Ant-Man 3, they're going to be going for maybe introducing some uh, new characters, pushing forward the future of the MCU, obviously post-Endgame um they need to introduce sort of some younger voices and different characters, so that's always nice to see. And finally, as I said before, Miss Marvel um, has a uh, director, or should I say directors? Um, they've landed on four um, there's two women, two men, um, a bunch of uh, different voices, and so there's the duo um, Adil El Arby and Bilal Fallah. Uh, who are the duo who behind this year's Bad Boys for Life, uh, the third instalment in that franchise. Uh, They're involved, and also um, Shameen Obeid-Chanoy, who's a two-time Oscar winner in the documentary short category, and Mira Menon, who um, has done various episodes of The Walking Dead, The Punisher, Titans, and a bunch of other shows. Uh, so they've kind of gone with like a panel of directors, and it's always, obviously, of course, nice to see Marvel continuing the push towards diversity and representation in its uh, in its cast and crew. Uh, no news yet on who Miss Marvel, whose cast is Miss Marvel, um, but given the the recent news um, surrounding She-Hulk, and then or of the director of She-Hulk, and then just days later the casting of She-Hulk uh, was announced. Maybe we'll have something similar over the coming days and weeks for Miss Marvel.
0: I'm going to have to pull you up here on, on a major mistake you've been making. What's this? You've been calling her Miss Marvel. Uh, what? She is a Ms. Marvel. Oh, Miss Ms. Marvel. I apologise. Ms. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. true. And going from one superhero to another. And I mean, when we're thinking about, you know, well-known superheroes, you think Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. You think Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. You think N- Nicolas Cage as Ghost Rider. Yeah. And following on from that, Nicolas Cage a real life superhero and living meme has been touted as I believe is uh, as officially cast as uh, Joe Exotic in an upcoming Amazon TV series uh, kind of biopic about the uh, the life of the Tiger King. Um, obviously, Tiger King, uh, Joe Exotic becoming particularly well known off of a Netflix series uh, that came out the beginning of the pandemic, which was massively binged by like 99% of Netflix viewers. And um, and the concept that Netflix's main rival, Amazon is going to be making the uh, the dramatised version of, of, uh, of the Joe Exotic story is uh, quite uh, alarming, quite strange. Um, but um, any opportunity to see more anything more about um, the insane life of Joe Exotic is sure to be a good thing. And of course, any opportunity to see Nicolas Cage in, in uh, on the spotlight is uh, is one that I'll uh, accept with open arms petition to get Nicolas Cage uh, in the MCU Ghost Rider yes that's what we need we need to make them that's what they need that's not Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madnesses it's going to be him going to Ghost Rider Ghost Rider's Universe picking yeah. him up bringing him back I mean do you I, know he was I nearly would... Superman once say again do you know that he was nearly Superman once no at what point like he was like in the 90s he was like cast as Superman some director I don't know who it was wanted him as Superman it's like pictures of him in, auditioning in a Superman outfit
1: I do not know it's that I'll have to look up that look up and look into that
0: yeah but talking about biopics you have um, yes some news about a biopic about one of the stranger humans that <laughs> currently <laughs> occupies our um, our small planet so yeah Madonna uh, he's getting a biopic
1: and also, is going to be directing and co-writing, according to reports, her own biopic, which you know, sure, it could maybe add some authenticity, <laughs> some, some, some some secrets. But I highly doubt that will be the case. I think it will be very much a ego boost and a um, selective representation, maybe, of uh, of her life and her career. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much. Uh, yeah, just I don't know. Just saw that and just thought there's been a lot of biopics, obviously recently, especially around music, um, around musicians. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's obviously Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man, and we're due to be getting, um, obviously not necessarily uh, as a, music- a musical element, but uh, the Blonde, um, featuring Anna De Armas uh, and the Marilyn Monroe, um biopic which I think is a Netflix one I'm not too sure, of I think it is Netflix um, yeah there's a bunch of biopics coming out recently, uh, I guess there's obviously Radioactive which we've talked about on the podcast um, yeah, uh, Madonna to direct and co-write her own biopic which I just thought was I don't know, I guess it could go one of two ways, probably more likely to well very much more likely to go in one way um, but I we guess we'll have to see how that goes, uh, yeah and then you've got some, you know... Yes, I've got ranging some great from, news. <laughs> ranging from some serious, grounded uh, biopic stuff. You've got oh the Oh my god, panel.
0: this news makes me actually physically angry. You see, as a snob um, that gives an opinion about what other people should like or dislike, I obviously have an, a strong disdain towards the Fast and Furious franchise. And um, it does not uh, get any better in the world of Fast and Furious... ...seeing as Michelle Rodriguez has, um... Oh, I, don't, I don't want you to have to say it. Michelle Rodriguez confirms rumours that Fast and Furious 9... ...sees the gang hit space. This is the article from Empire. So, yeah, um... If, if that series was not any more ridiculous... It's supposed to be a fucking series about fucking making cars... <coughs> ...driving around in cars, <laughs> being I'm cars. There was, first sorry. they had superhumans in the fucking Idris Elba spin-off... ...and now they've got fucking... ...they go into
1: space... No, I saw the trailer for this in the cinema, like, last week or the week before, um, and, I mean, I've not seen any of the films, you know, I take immense pride, kind of, in, in <laughs> having not seen any of the Fast and Furious films, but, like, it it, it is right, though. Like, I have seen comparisons to, for example, I don't know, kids game, hot the kids toys Hot Wheels, and, um, as, a, as an apt comparison for for Fast and Furious. Because, like, in that trailer, there's just some absolutely bizarre things happening with cars that just just doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, to fair, I think you're probably... I, I don't know whether you prefer the news that Fast and Furious 9 sees the gang Kit space or whether you prefer the news that Fast and <laughs> Furious 9 was called Fast and Furious Fury Road. Or Fast and Furious e- Road. Um, like, I don't know. I mean, given your comparison... Of, uh, of Mad Max yeah. to, to Mad the likes Max of uh, Fast and Furious and Monster. Mad Tux. Max,
0: is, Mad Max is, a, is a dystopian Fast and Furious film. <laughs> Going to space. Going to space, yeah. Exactly. Mad Max in space. Blade
1: Runner, the car version, where they just drive around in cars. Please don't stop Blade Runner. Blade okay. Runner 2049, Fast and Furious 9.
0: Okay. I was in the shop the other day and I saw fucking, they got Blade Runner comics. I'm like, I had to fucking hit that shit up. Wait, they,
1: yeah, there was a comic series or something. And then uh, a, it's called what, Blade Brothers?
0: 2019, which has like... Man. Did you know a spin-off show or something at all? I can't remember, you mentioned it at one point. Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah, that's it for the news this week. And yeah. we're going to be moving on to the next bit uh, of shit, which is you are going to be doing a review of a film that I haven't got around to watching, which is The Devil All The Time. As I said previously, starring the likes of um, Tom Holland of Spider-Man fame um bill skarsgård of it fame i guess and robin pattinson of clearly twilight fame <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like to give a little bit of a brief synopsis about uh, what the film is and then give me your spoiler free review of the affair and okay. whether i should go out my way to watch it on netflix i will add that my mum texted me after she watched it saying that she thought it was a very good film
1: yeah okay i'll give you i'll give you my spoiler free thoughts um Okay, so this is a new film on Netflix. As you mentioned, some very big names. Uh, a nice ensemble cast. Uh, the latest film by Antonio Campos, who I don't think I've ever seen any of his films, but I will be getting around to watching some of them after I've seen this, because I uh, really enjoyed the film. Uh, it was a really good film. And, yeah, so it's just as a brief... I mean, I'll read the letterbox synopsis because it's kind of very hard to kind of pinpoint... In, like It's kind of hard to explain the film... Um, and even this letterbox synopsis is kind of vague and a bit generic, but um, the letterbox synopsis reads, In Knockhamstiff, Ohio, and its neighbouring backwoods, sinister characters converge around young Arvin Russell as he fights the evil forces that threaten him and his family. Which doesn't vary really very much. Um I'll give you a bit more detail. So Tom Holland uh, is, is is playing the titular well, not titular, he's playing the role of uh, Alvin Russell, as I mentioned there. Um and um Bill Skarsgard, isn't it? Bill Skarsgard plays uh, Tom Holland's well yeah, he plays two like Tom Holland's dad um in the film. Uh, obviously well not obviously, but um Bill Skarsgard uh is in the film in it's like kind of like sort of split across a timeline at some point to some extent so it has like at the beginning of the film is set in the past and then it kind of flips forward to the present day where tom holland takes on the role um of alvin who's played in in earlier parts obviously by a younger actor um and it's kind of for me it it kind of had sort of shades i don't know if many of you would agree with me on this but i this is how it personally felt anyway um I've seen for sure, I've seen comparisons uh, of this film to, as in it could be a Coen Brothers film. Um, It's very much structured in kind of these little vignettes, almost like an anthology, kind of. Uh, There's different interweaving storylines that do intersect and do interact, but um, kind of separate in in, in some ways. Um, And so Coen Brothers has been the sort of big comparison I've seen from a few people. Uh, obviously, I've uh, compared to something like the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the Coen brothers' Netflix film, which came out a couple of years back. Uh, very, not very similar in terms of sh- like. That was very much clearly an anthology vignettes, very separate stories. This is kind of a bit more toned down, but um, still has kind of some of those aspects in it. And um, yeah, I I kind of drew comparisons as well to uh, in terms of style and and sort of structure to almost a kind of hybrid between Coen brothers, uh, a bit of Tarantino, and um, a bit of Paul Thomas Anderson as well. I mean, it's not cl- very overt. Like, it's not like it's like a complete copy or anything, but it, it just has shades of it. Compare it to something um, like Bad Times at the El Royale, which came out again a couple of years ago, which is kind of very clearly Tarantino-esque. This wasn't uh, to the same degree. But mm-hmm. it kind of pulls in sort of some similar Influences. like uses of like structure and story and uh, and dialogue and action and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a really interesting film and it's kind of it's set in in uh, and as I said in Ohio and it follows Tom Holland as he kind of comes to terms with events in his past and and uh, and things in his, in in the present and is very much a focus. Um, on On religion and the role of God in people's lives, especially in America and, and post-war America, and um, uh, so Bill Skarsgård is a ex uh, ex military um, character, and it kind of has a it's like a big role in terms of like Rob Pattinson plays this preacher who comes into town, and it's not maybe not quite uh, you know not quite up to the job or not quite. Um, what he seems to be he's not necessarily you know he may be using his position for for uh, sort of to exploiting his, his power and his position in, in society and it, it kind of has a lot obviously the, in the title Devil All the Time um, which is one of the it's, which is taken from a line of dialogue which is very early in the film and is very prevalent throughout the film this focus on God and religion and uh, what people do in the name of God and what people um, you know the kind of tom holland is almost his kind of like representation in a way of like um uh, like falling out of touch with religion uh in america and stuff it's a very interesting film um it's kind of been very mixed as well amongst amongst friends and, and people i follow on twitter and letterboxd and stuff there's like ranging reviews from you know there's, there's a couple of like fives then i've given it a four out of five um uh there's a couple of four and a half but a lot of people are given like one star one and a half two it, it kind of mm. seems to be very polarizing and i'm not too really sure why because as a, as a as like as a piece of as like a piece of cinema it's it, it's not really any weak aspects and i was really engaged throughout and i did really like i thought it was a really good film and there's like some really good, like, nice themes and the acting as well i'll say like some of the acting is, is really really top end um you know, some of the Netflix films have been have been criticized for you know, for various reasons. But Tom Holland, um obviously gone probably his biggest role uh, in in Marvel with, with Spider Man and a lot of people have been saying, Oh, this guy can really act, blah blah blah, he's in Marvel, but he can still act. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Like there's a lot of good actors in, in the MCU and, and Marvel films. Um but yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> as well as like with Tom Holland, I've seen American people who have seen like interview clips on YouTube of him speaking in his like normal accent, um, and kind of people going, "Hang on a minute, what? He's not. He's like he's British, because uh, obviously like he's he's done a lot of like American stuff, and in this, you know, he's he's you he, you just never question it, um, as we said with with tenor, with kind of Brano and stuff, um, and and other roles that other people have done, you kind of sometimes you can lose immersion because you know that they're not American or British or Russian or whatever. Um, but it it never never sort of you know I never got thrown out by by that. It was fully convincing and you know his performance was was very very good. Um, and then there's also as I said, it's a very very ensemble, very much an ensemble cast. Bill Skarsgård as you mentioned, um, Eliza Scanlon um, who who you've kind of grown to grown to like uh, since Baby Teeth. Um, mm-hmm. Was in this as well, Sebastian Stan. Yeah, uh, uh, Sebastian Stan, obviously from from Marvel as well. Um, who plays uh, who plays Bucky uh, Winter Soldier in, in Marvel, playing a very mm. different character in this. Um, and it's it's kind of like as I said before with with Criminal, it kind of has characters in, in this film where you just you kind of go, hang on a minute, that guy plays Spider Man, that guy plays uh, Winter Soldier, but they're they're doing this or they're doing that, and and it kind of almost like. Challenges you in in a way, so yeah, very very good cast. Um, Haley Bennett's in it as well, um, and a couple and a bunch of other actors who I can't pronounce their name, never get the names right. Right, Riley, I can never say it has her name. Um, I don't say it. Riley. Cat Q. I don't know how to say it. K E O K O U G H. Um, she's yeah. in your favorite film, Mad Max. <laughs> very rude. <laughs> Um, and then yeah. Mia... I can't say her name either. Mia Wasikowska, uh, who was in the uh, recent uh, Arts in Wonderland film um, and a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, a uh, very good film overall. And if you like any of the directors I mentioned before, Coen Brothers, Tarantino, and people might not agree with me on, the, on those fronts, that they have aspects from those films, um, which I, you know... Uh, that's, that's fair enough. Um, but I think if, if you... If you want a sort of really interesting, gripping, sort mm, kind of a slow burner, but not as much as some of our films, but uh, yeah, um, sort of drama, thriller, crime, very very multi genre, multifaceted film with some really good actors, really good uh, direction, and and a really interesting central premise, then uh, I would definitely recommend giving it a go. It's on Netflix, uh, on Netflix now.
0: Very nice. So you give that recommendation. You saying um, so eight out of ten? You say.
1: Uh, yeah, I gave it. I'd probably give it a. I'd probably give it an eight and a half out of ten. Oh, it's a four out of five.
0: Okay. So um, we've got that as a as as a pretty pretty positive, pretty shiny review of uh, the Devil of the Time, uh, which is obviously out on Netflix now, Netflix exclusive. And we're going to be going on to one of the bigger films released in the UK this week. It was released, I believe, last month in America, and that is the third instalment. Of Bill and Ted, it says Bill and Ted face the music um, as much as um, tw- twenty-nine years. Uh, is that right? Yeah, twenty-nine years since the last film. Thirty-one years since the first film.
1: Um, am I doing my maths right? Yeah, that's right. I think eight. Oh, no, hell, nine. No, hang on, nineteen. It was eighty-nine
0: and ninety-one. Yeah, twenty-nine. Yeah, that's mad. i oh, I've been twenty-nine years ago. It seems mad. So it's been as much thirty-one years since the first film. Society has moved on, but Bill and Ted have not. And I'm not going to start off because I would like to talk to you about... um you watching the films back to back because you okay. had not seen. I've seen the first Pinhead film. I haven't seen the Pinhead film in a while, so I can't say that I'm an expert on the on the plot points and the characters and stuff that carry through. But I know the, the premise. I remember the first film fairly well. To you know, I can't know what happens. But you actually watched um, the first and the second one within days uh, before you saw mm-hmm. what, the first one. No, the third one. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, what did you think of both films? You say that you thought the second one was worse, but do you think that um, that Going into it basically with knowledge of the characters and what happened in the third film meant that you enjoyed the third film more than someone who maybe be going in essentially blind like myself.
1: Wait, so, so you wait? I, didn't, I completely misunderstood what you just said.
0: <laughs> I, I, I basically, I you know I watched the first film ages ago. I can't really yeah. remember it. Do you think watching the first two films made you the third one better? Do you think that you know knowing all the characters stuff like actually carried over? Oh, yeah, sure. like, oh yeah, for Oh yeah, that was. I mean. I mean the
1: third one you don't I mean, you maybe you do have to have seen the first two actually because there's characters in the third one who wouldn't make any sense being in I mean maybe they do make sense being there um but there's a co- bunch of characters in the third one like um wait, have you seen the second film no okay so in the second film they have like encounters an encounter with
0: like the Grim Reaper like death and he's like in the third film um, so like most of the thing most of the time with most of the characters, I, I just kind of understood. I was like I picked up like, you know, they guys yeah, feel like yeah. they, they I was like I didn't really think too much about it. I was yeah. like obviously it was in the band with them and you know, they, they mm-hmm. had the battle of the bands thing and they talk about that and I was like kinda understand. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it was just See the thing with Bill and Ted is obviously as I said before, I've not, not got the nostalgia factor. So I mean, there's people on that box too have given it like four or five stars for the for the first one or second one or even a third one. Um and sure, I can I can maybe see that, especially as like a nostalgia thing. You maybe watch the film as you're younger and just sort of yeah. I think the thing was when when I watched the first one, I kind of at first the way they were talking in the first film, I was kind of thinking, is this supposed to be like a parody? Is it supposed to be like, is it supposed to be stupid? Like, is it like, yeah? Obviously. obviously, it's supposed to be stupid. It's a comedy film, but is it? Is it like a self? Like w- the way they were talking in the first one was that just a thing of the time, or was that like?
0: Was it oh, like... sorry, I didn't realize you were dumb. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, obviously it's like a parody of that kind of person. It's like, it's like no, a no, I, com- I
1: get that like, Keanu isn't like doesn't talk like that
0: normally. No, yeah, I'm like... saying like the, the, the they're making fun of it's, it's like an extreme instance like, no one is like that. No one talks like that to that degree. It's like taking the piss out of people that talk a bit like that. It's like, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, it's a parody. But no, it itself, wasn't like, yeah.
1: it wasn't, no, no, I don't, by, by the way, they talk, uh, maybe, I, maybe I didn't explain this very well. I don't mean like the way they, the, the things they say, I mean the way they actually, feel, like, the, the 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 vocal quality that they like, kind of put on this, like, strange kind of like, yeah, guy, we're gonna, like, I don't know, do you know what I mean? Like, just this kind of, like, really super deep,
0: like, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's supposed to be, like, the, a film that, somebody like that would want to watch. You know what I mean? It's like okay, supposed okay. to be like, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, yeah, really yeah. mental and stuff. I, and I, kind
1: of, I kind of grew into the, like after I started watching the first one, I kind of grew into, it was being very much a self-aware kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and in that regard, whenever they kept talking for the first five minutes of the first film, I kept just, my mind just kept getting thrown to Kung Fury, uh, which obviously is like a lot more recent and is kind of, mocking like you know 80s like tv and like beverly hills cop and like just sort of you know like so that sort of thing but i mean bill mm-hmm. and i mean so so i watched the first two bill and ted films um bill and ted's is it excellent adventure and then bill and ted's bogus journey i think that's what they're called yeah um and yeah so i watched those over the past couple of days in, in preparation for watching this uh watching this today uh, recording recorded on the saturday and um yeah, no, it was. I mean, I think it did help, have, especially because I kind of, as I said, I kind of grew it, grew to kind of like and sort of appreciate the, the the approach and style they were going for. So, um, I think, yeah, it was kind of it kind of like, a, like sort of dipping my toe and kind of just going, okay, I'm gonna kind of accept that this kind of be like absolutely just ridiculous things happening. Um, so then by the time I got to the third one, I mean. I could have easily just not gone to... The, well, I mean, I had to because of the podcast, but, um, like, if I didn't enjoy the first two films, I might not have been, like, as, you know, oh, okay, i am going to go watch it anyway, but... Um, yeah, it was... I did actually really enjoy uh, the films overall. As I said before, the second one, maybe not as strong as the first one, um, but I think, for what they are, which is just kind of almost dumb comedy, like, dumb fun, um, just a bit of, kind of were really funny as well. Like the first one, especially, you thought was really funny. The Second one had really good moments as well. I said before. Yeah. Um. Just maybe the final twenty minutes was probably the highlight of the, the second film.
0: Um, okay. So more specifically, um, moving on, can you what were your thoughts specifically taking away the um, the the original ones? Yeah. Uh, what was your thoughts specifically on Bill and Ted face the music? What do you think of that as a as a entertainment piece? I thought was I thought
1: Bill I thought the third one was funnier than obviously it's helped by the fact that it's sort of tailored towards modern sensibilities and uh, Mm -hmm. is its humour is very much adapted Um, and obviously I think some of the jokes in the first one or two like the first two films were maybe a bit overdone to some extent Um, Mm -hmm. not to detriment of the quality of the film but I feel like for example. You know the kind of recurring motif where they have like the air guitar that they do. I yeah. thought the, I thought it was nice that they only used that motif. I think twice in the new film, uh, and they were and they were both at kind of relevant, sort of more poignant moments in the film where it wasn't mm-hmm. like just do it every five seconds just because it's just it would make people laugh. Um, which I thought was like a really a really nice choice uh, from 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 them to do for them to do and. I thought the the introduction of the uh the two daughters was a really, really fun, interesting, sort of really good um just sort of choice to, to do really. I thought that was um I'm not sure what you thought of that aspect, but I thought that aspect worked really well, like the kind of parallel between the uh between the, the two fathers and the two daughters and sort of
0: um their role. Samarine the is a B B-Tech master, a Margot Robbie.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> Samara Weaving, <laughs> i got a funny story, actually. So I watched Ready or Not, like, the beginning of this year. It's one of the first films I watched uh, this year. And for the first, well, I'd say for most of the film, I was thinking it was um, it was Emma Stone. And then I realised that, like, towards the end, I was like, hang on a minute, hang on, that's not Emma Stone. <laughs> and yeah. then I like, Googled it, or, like, on, like, I looked on Google, and I was like, oh, it's Samara Weaving, because I don't think I'd seen anything with her in before that. I um, I don't think she looks that much like Emma Stone, and she looks like a Emma Stone's face with Margot Robbie's like, hair and stuff. Like she, looks, I, thought, she's, in, I she, thought in
0: this she just looked like Margot Robbie full stop. But my opinions on the, the the daughters, I think it was like, so I think it was quite a nice idea in theory. However, I did have problems with the daughters themselves. I thought them was quite annoying. Um, I thought that um, especially like. With with um I guess it's kinda of moving to my review a bit, but as I say, with with um with Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, it's like they're playing these nineties characters. Obviously the first one's eighty nine, but you know, nineties is fairly you know, close enough. So I think they're playing these like nineties characters and, and even growing up they're like old versions of nineties characters. And the idea of like these like modern people and like young people that are like, you know, not that much older than us, um, saying all these lines and bodacious and all that stuff and yeah, you know, most dot, dot, dot. It's like, I thought they quite cringy. It was like, I, I thought, I, don't that, know, I, I like, I like Smiley me a lot. I thought that, uh, um, the, the other actress, uh, who is called, uh, Bridget Lundy Payne, um, you know, was fine, even though her undershirt she was wearing really annoyed me. I don't know why the whole thing I was like, why are you wearing that fucking shitty undershirt? <laughs> but I don't know why. It's such changing the moment But I thought that the, the whilst it was like an idea to carry on and they've been talking about I've heard that they were thinking of making a um uh, spin off with them too or, or carry on the series with them too. Uh, I thought the the performances were quite annoying personally. I just thought that it's like I you're trying know. to force a nineties vibe into a like millennial and it just didn't really work for me.
1: I think, I think on that point I kind of just Accept it, given the absolute absurdity that happens in the films. I kind of just, and also the fact, because obviously, I only in not the second film, but in the second film, um, they, I mean, it's spoilers. But this is like a, as we said before, tw- what, I have, where have we worked out twenty. No one can spoil it for Bill and Ted. Yeah, <laughs> Bill and Ted, the bogus journey. Um, so in the second one, at the end, they like they travel. They travel to the. They travel in the time machine so they can learn to play the guitar. So yeah. they can play at the battle of the bands. But then in the meantime they also have the kids. And then when they return in like the present day, they're like older are like they're like older and um they have the babies like on their backs. And like they so they introduced her in the film as like, Oh, this is little Bill and little Ted or whatever they call them or Bill I think that's what they call them. Or whatever, whatever they they refer to it in the uh, in the in the new film.
0: Yeah, a little bit on Yeah,
1: and um. And so I was kind of like. I was I was just wondering because obviously they they were babies, so it's kind of hard to tell whether they're like a boy or a girl or whatever. But um. Yeah, I, I wonder whether the I don't know what the original plan was with with the films. Whether the whether they were supposed to do a third film earlier, or whether they just planned to not do another film, or I don't know what the what well, the original plan was, but I feel like maybe they just changed the uh, changed the the children to daughters, because I feel like at the time they probably didn't think. Do you know what I mean? They they would have probably just been yeah boys. Like it wouldn't have. I don't know. And I kind of that kind of having seen the second film, having seen that aspect of it, kind of made me a bit more willing to accept the um. A bit more willing to accept the kind of you know the fact that they were talking like the way they were, and they kind of, you know, they've been brought up by these kind of bizarre, you know, uh, father figures who probably, you know, instilled those sort of things, and uh, those kind of traits and Yeah, yeah, I think, so. I think
0: it was the, the the thing wasn't the believability to a degree, I think it was the, the, the visual uh, concept of seeing the um, those actresses Say those lines, that's what was the problem. It wasn't the understandable, like, oh, this is unbelievable. It was the idea of seeing 20 somethings talking like someone that would have been 20 something yeah. 20 years ago. Um, yeah. I just that was a little bit cringy at points, but I don't want to separate. Like, I thought the film was bad, I thought the film was very yeah. good. Um, for what it was trying to be, um, uh, it was trying to be, um, a kind of almost a parody of a stoner comedy more than a stoner comedy itself. And it, it kind of, I think, the film succeeded the most, much like the first. When it's going silly with history and, you know, mm-hmm. instead of Napoleon and stuff like that in the first film, it was, um, you know, Mozart and Jimi Hendrix. I thought that's what the strongest parts of the film and the wacky going to other realities and stuff. Maybe I felt like the, yeah. the, the first act of the film seems to drag on quite a bit um, when they're sorting out the, the, the stuff and setting out the situation and, and and with their wives and stuff. I felt like it took a while to get going, but I thought that um, after that, it kind of sped through. It was obviously quite a short film. And and the whole battle against time being actually in time it was fine. Um, I thought that that um, a lot of the comedy that came from seeing different historical figures interact with one another was was uh, you know much of, like it was in the first film was one of the strengths of the film. Yeah, I felt like um, it, it, most. You know, I think there is especially the first film. Like looking back now, it's hard because it's so i say eighty nine, but basically nineties. It's so like nineties, and being someone that was born, you know. In 2000, um, and and you know, being you know, never grew up you know, 20 years before, whatever, um, not having that kind of personality, not knowing that, not having that as like part of society to joke about. Um, it's always like I'm having to make um, the step to under to like laugh. I'm not like this isn't funny, I'm understanding why it's funny. Uh, I felt like the first film, watching back, obviously, it's such an old film, it's not really its own fault. And, I'm obviously not its target audience, uh, maybe a little harder, but I felt the, the new film did uh, a good job of, of uh, kind of maintaining a balance between stuff that is more... Um skewer towards people that were fans of the older films whilst also making things kind of accessible and, and as you said slightly modernised joke wise. Um so I, I thought it did a good job in that. Uh, there wasn't that much yeah. that missed. There were things that missed, but there wasn't that much that missed. Um I think the uh, the kid cuddy being like super, extremely smart thing was quite a nice touch. Uh, I thought it was always like a very funny, very common trope. Um the only yeah, major why issue I had was in the film I just what are you appeared in the film? I was just like, hang on a minute, why are you seeing in the film like what? <laughs> wait, is that kid? Wait, is that fucking? That's Kid Caddy. I was yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But I was gonna say I think the the you know it's it it really it's hard to review this kind of film because it really doesn't want to be taken seriously. And I think the you know at the end of the day it wants to be yeah. funny and kind of kind of. Um, comedy and, and, and reverend and kind of wacky and it, it achieves all that. So it does its goal. Um, and, and you can't really analyze the, the cinematography and, and the soundtrack yeah, to the degree yeah. that you would with, um, with Tenet or something. But I will say that I guess one weakness that I had with the film, this isn't particularly spoilery. I guess no one really cares about spoilers with Bill and Ted anyway because it's just about being funny. But I would say that, that I felt like the ending's a little rushed. Um, it sort of build up to this like, big final scene yeah. with the music and then that goes in like two seconds and everyone's just kind of okay and the world's back to normal. I think that I had a bit of an issue with that. But overall, I think it very much achieved its goal and I think that the fear I had when I realised i I'm making a third Bill and Ted film Thirty years, like doing it twenty five years later, or whatever. I was like, "Oh god, this is going to be awful." The same way that I did felt when you told me prior to the podcast that they're going to make a fourth Beverly Hills Cop. It's like, "Oh, this can't be good." But I think they've managed to um, be self referential enough and embrace the the age uh, whilst keeping some of the, um, the the key things that made the first films good, and managed to modernise it to the point where it doesn't look different, but still um, still is, a, is enjoyable. But from today's youth, and I think that essentially it hit all the marks that it was supposed to. Um, I think for the, you know, it's not absolutely burst out loud. I had some problems with, as I said, with the the, the Daughters and, and the ending. So I won't say it's a, it's a 10, but I thought, uh, you know, because it hit all of its marks, I said it's probably seven and a half to
1: an eight. Okay. I mean, so, you, so just something to pick up on what you said. So you mentioned about having like the historical figures and like, you know, having the comedy riffs between sort of interactions between musicians and stuff. I think that's something for me where the second film fell down a bit because it didn't have that aspect of it. Uh, obviously, the first film they have all the figures and Napoleon and um, I forgot who else they get, but they get like a bunch of obviously of the historical figures, Lincoln and uh, Billy the Kid and everything like that. Um, and then in the second film, they don't really they don't really play up to to that sort of um, aspect of it, and they bring in the hell stuff and the death stuff and. Um, Sort of having more focused on on uh, on Bill and Ted themselves, and then I think the third film did a really good job, of com- sort of combining those two aspects of of the first two films, like pulling in, you know, historical musicians, and then pulling in the sort of more bizarre, like death and hell, and visiting like the those sort of places. And um, yeah, no, I think it, I think as you said, it kind of yeah, it kind of riffed together really well, I thought and. So, and the ending, I agree with, was was kind of a bit rushed. Um, felt very much kind of anticlimactic, even though it's supposed to be a big climax. Uh, but I guess given the nature of the film, uh, you know, kind of to be expected, maybe to some extent. Um. Also, one thing I did quite like as well. I'm not sure if you if you stuck around, but did you stick around for the credits or the post-credits stuff?
0: No, I did not. I didn't know there was any.
1: Okay, so in the credits, I thought the credits was quite cool. So it had like, um, I'm assuming it was just random people who are like playing musical instruments and like just sort of goofing around but it kind of given the final message of, of uh, Bill and Ted face the music I thought it was quite a nice sort of touch to have just you know everyday people um, playing musical instruments and just having a good time and you know with friends and family and stuff um, and then there's a post credit scene as well uh, which was a nice sort of touching uh Sort of finale, I guess, conclusion for for Bill and Ted. I don't, I don't necessarily think. I mean, it never crossed my mind. Like when I came out, I was thinking that's probably a conclusion now for for the franchise. But I um, maybe they, you know, there's obviously potential they could do a, a continuation with um the, the the children. But I don't think so. Given the post credit scene that was shown, um, I think it's very much supposed to be a kind of end of a, of a trilogy rather than starting something new uh, saying got for future characters or whatever
0: um well i actually did check this out because at the start of the show i said that finally i still, I still want, but i'd looked and and they um and the people that made the film i think keanu reeves and that said that um based on how the film does and whether fans want it they're, and they're open to the concept of a fourth film uh, oh, whether really? that be with either them or with the kids
1: okay that, I mean, if it, if, if they did another one, I would like them to pass the mantle on. I wouldn't. I maybe wouldn't want them to carry on. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as maybe not. In, or maybe they could do, but not in a, you know, not as a, as like sort of the main protagonist of the film. Maybe just pants it on, and maybe they just sort of have like a cameo or whatever. Um, but then I guess the issue becomes then is like, well, it's Bill and Ted's. The film's called Bill and Ted. How do you go about uh, you know, sort of marketing that film to keep interest? Maybe people wouldn't necessarily pick up on. If you know, if it was if it was remo if it was rebranded or whatever, if it was retitled, maybe they could just keep the name, or maybe they could go with the, um, what was it, uh, Logan and whatever it was, uh, that they used as was one of the plot points of the film. Um, what was it, Logan and P- Preston and Logan? Maybe they could just rebrand it under that sort of thing if they wanted to continue forwards. Uh, but I've, mm-hmm. personally, I think it was a it was a nice. I mean, I say it's like I'm a lifelong fan. I've only just watched the first two films in the past week, but I think it was a nice conclusion for for the characters and for the story and yeah I, I, I don't know maybe i don't know who whose idea it was in the first place to to make a third film well as i said before whether i'm not sure whether the original plan was you know 20 30 years ago was to make more films and it just didn't happen for whatever reason or um you know whether someone's need a paycheck <laughs> um but i think it was as you said it's a very sort of funny and uh, it did its job and i think for me the first two films as I said, maybe nostalgia plays a factor in this, but I think they weren't, they weren't like, incredible films. I think I gave the first film a three and a half and out of five and the second film a three out of five. I think this third installment is probably level, if not better, than the first film, which means, obviously, it's, you know, three and a half, maybe you're pushing for a four out of five. Um, yeah, as I said, they don't do anything wrong and they, they achieve what they want set out to achieve. They're, they're funny and family-friendly and, and have, sort of, you know, very very basic level of, of subtext and uh, and maybe themes and messages is what they want to try and put across. But um, yeah, I think it was still a very good film and and I don't know, it, it didn't do enough for me to, to put it up anything above a four. Um, I think I'm probably gonna settle on three and a half overall.
0: Maybe mm, if, so maybe we're going for the tens. We're going for what seven seven and a half. Probably seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. something like that. Okay. Yeah. So not too far off myself. And um, I was going to say, you know, it's um, obviously Alex uh, Winter has done a lot of documentary work and stuff and it's kind of moved more as well the directorial path. But, it, but obviously, ultimately, a, uh, a very successful career. But I think with the stardom of Keanu Reeves um, and, and kind of him breaking through, I mean, massively, 100% breaking through with Bill and Ted and going on to, to much more serious work, like you know, The Matrix and John Wick and such, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's quite funny now to see him come back um, and, and kind of almost kind of cap off that um, what, what kind of what made him kind of go back to what you know and, and kind of showed a bit more showed a, showed a bit of um, respect for the franchise and kind of yeah. um, coming back as this kind of superstar yeah. uh, to this comedy role I thought it was, I mean, a, it was a lovely thing to yeah. see
1: and it probably didn't help the fact obviously as, as, as I've said that I've watched the the two um, like older films uh, like recently but for me like Keanu you know, even given his stardom and stuff, like with recent roles you mentioned, like John Wick and uh, Matrix and and so on, like these big, big uh, Hollywood films that he's he's been involved with, I don't know. I just something about like his role in this film, he just kind of sort of almost like back into yeah into it, and I kind of just kind of at one point point, like just kind of just didn't really think about it. The fact that it was Keanu just kind of going, oh, this is like Bill and Ted, do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel like I was watching John Wick or whatever on in a strange comedy film with you know time traveling and and uh death playing the bass and, and death playing the bass yeah <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, I, I think, think positive you're, reviews you're to be able to slip into 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 a role like that um and yeah just, yeah just, just just to fulfill and just to close out that
0: uh that character Okay, well, positive thoughts all round for Bill and Ted, which is uh, still in cinemas in the UK, and I believe it was in cinemas last month for the US. Um, do you... This is a bit of a question on the fly here, uh, JL. Do you actually know if there's anything coming out in the next week that's worth talking about?
1: Oh, that's a good question.
0: Do we know what the next podcast is?
1: We might not know. Um, I I was actually looking the other day what's going out soon-ish. There's, on the 25th, which is when well, next Friday? Mm hmm. Um, Friday, the 25th of September. There are three films coming out in my cinema. I don't know if they're available in your cinema. Which um, so there's a film called Schemers, which is a 15 rated comedy film. Nice. Uh, there's Six Minutes to Midnight, which I think you've mentioned to me before, which is the one with uh, Eddie Azard and I think Judy Dench is in that as well, about the. Um, Story of in 1939 of the uh, German children who were sent to British schools, uh, which I've heard good things about um, in terms of, you know, uh, critically and stuff. Um, heard good things about that. And then there's also a film called Twenty Three Walks, which is um, a drama film, a another 12A uh, film, uh, which is seems to be fairly interesting. Uh, maybe three mm-hmm. free films I probably wouldn't watch if I wasn't doing a film podcast and or didn't have a unlimited uh, cinema membership, but given I have that, and if they do come out on, on schedule, i will probably watch two or all of those three. Um, I don't know whether they're available in your cinema, but we can, uh, we can talk we'll about that.
0: We'll have to look. So we're yeah. basically, the answer is we don't know what we're going to be doing next week, Yeah. or whether we're making one next week, but we will yep. obviously be back relatively soon. Um, and I think that wraps it all up. If... Um, not got any final thoughts, I can move on to the shout outs.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So, um, I will um, start off with uh, if you want to contact the podcast or myself the best way to do that would be through emailing the show at nowshowingpod at gmail.com. if you want to support the podcast uh, the best way to do that is by giving us a five star rating on apple podcast five star review uh, because that helps us in the in the rankings um, currently uh, we have a 100% uh, we have the highest rated <laughs> podcast in the world uh, joint with a lot of other people with a 100% five star rating um, and if you want to follow uh, me on Letterboxd you can do so at um, at Sam Houston on Letterboxd, which is uh, you know, my name uh, if you want to contact uh, if you want to contact Jordan Luke or, or uh, follow him on Twitter please do so at, at by Jordan Luke, uh, he is verified because he is an extremely famous journalist and uh, if you want to get JL on uh, Letterboxd it is at uh, JL JLMcDonald and if you like mixed martial arts you can check out my essentially dead podcast Gatekeepers MMA on everywhere that you get this and I think that's about it Uh, thank you very much for listening and I will see you next time hopefully see you next week but yeah next time thanks guys